tended to play a little too much hero ball. It's a no-brainer selection for Jacksonville. I believe he's a true leader in every sense of the word. I just fear for your fan base that that's what's going to happen. Welcome back to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Day 5 of the Ultimate Mock Draft. We're going picks 23 through 28 today. I'm being told more trades potentially on the way on today's episode. This is unlike any other mock draft you are ever going to find the most comprehensive and in-depth mock featuring local insights all of the nfl hosts on the locked on podcast network all the college hosts breaking down those prospects being selected and odyssey insiders like michael irv and jason lock and for matt herslick and of course us your hosts nfl analysts and the host of the peacock and williamson nfl show brian peacock alongside me former college and nfl scout matt williamson we've got a few more picks to go to finish round one and then we are going to come back in round twos and threes for the first selections for the teams that did not have a first round pick only two quarterbacks off the board a blockbuster trade with the seahawks going up to get desmond ritter which means kenny pickett is still available to finish up round one it is not going to be a quarterback, though, for the Arizona Cardinals unless they're sending away Kyler Murray, which is something they probably should not and would not do. So what are the needs here for the Arizona Cardinals? Is there some really bright, shining best player available for the cards here at 23? Not really. Uh, I think they can go a lot of directions. Every time I've done a mock for Arizona, I think I've gone a different way, and I can understand all the above. I, I think, you know, Arizona and Dallas back-to-back, you start to look at Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, safe plug-and-play uh, plug type guys, uh, wide receiver with as much four-receiver sets as the Arizona Cardinals play um, would make some sense. But I, I think it's still a little early for Dotson, who would be next for me, and I'm not sure I can get into Pickens or Watkins this er- Watson this early. Corner remains a need. Um, Maybe Elam. I mean, I I don't think that's a bad pick at this point. I recently did a mock, and I had George Karloftis go here. I mean, as a Chandler Jones replacement. Mm. Yeah, that's a good pick there. And someone who would have value at a very high value position. And do you either go with the best players at the, the less valuable positions like interior offensive line, safety, or do you come back and get the, the, the next group, the next tier of, say, edge pass rushers or offensive tackles or wide receivers if you, if you have a drop-off there? Or maybe you still think there's uh, somebody available in the top tier. Uh, interesting pick here for Alice Clancy, who's ready with the selection. The Arizona Cardinals on the clock at pick 23 in the ultimate mock draft. With the 23rd pick of the ultimate mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals select guard Zion Johnson from Boston College. Zion Johnson is a player the Arizona Cardinals desperately need to make an immediate impact come week one of the 2022 season. The interior of the offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals was putrid at best for a large portion of the 2021 season. And people forget that if Kyler Murray isn't protected and Kyler Murray doesn't stay healthy, none of this works. When you have an all-pro center like Rodney Hudson and two bookends playing tackle like DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham, an infusion of young, immediate impact-making talent is exactly what the Arizona Cardinals need to take a huge step forward in the protection of Kyler Murray, which in turn yields him having more time to throw the ball, which in turn yields more points on the board. Sure, 
The Cardinals have some glaring needs elsewhere, whether it be edge rusher, wide receiver, or corner. But if Kyler Murray isn't protected, none of this works. And that's why Zion Johnson is the 23rd overall pick taken by the Arizona Cardinals. Such a big senior bowl week for Zion Johnson probably pushed himself into the first round from being one of those day two guys and you didn't know much about him and then he dominates at the senior bowl comes back at the combine and proves he's physically a first round guy so guess what Matt he is a first round guy and he is the selection a huge need on the interior of the offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals has been checked off yeah and I always hesitate to say this because you can be proven wrong time and time again and it's not difficult to bust out in the NFL and not live up to the pick. But what I've been saying about Johnson is if I had to bet on anyone not to be a bust for wherever they're picked, it might be him. I mean, I really have a hard time coming up with negatives on him. He has versatility, checks every box, you know, every step of the way, senior bowl, combine, he's continued to raise his stock. I mean, I think he's a plug-and-play guard that could even be uh, Hudson's replacement in time at center if need be. Once more, Jason LaCanfora in the Odyssey Studios. Zion Johnson to the cards. Zion Johnson would be an interesting pick for the Arizona Cardinals if they chose to stay put here. They do have needs along the offensive line. It has been a problem area for them for years and something they've been continuing to try to patch up short and long term. Johnson makes sense as a plug-and-play player. He makes sense as someone who could come in and be ready to contribute. However, we're not talking about a premium position here. We're not talking about someone that's going to be able to make the type of impact that you can as a pass rusher, for instance, as a corner, um, as a tackle. And for this organization, in the division that they're in, which certainly seems to me to be the best in the NFC, I'm not sure this is going to move the needle enough and this is going to work out to the point where Arizona is looking at themselves as being more viable as a contender than a year ago. One pick does not a draft make. I understand that. But you look at where they are in terms of DeAndre Hopkins at this stage of his career. J.J. Watt, the kind of moves they've made to try to get themselves positioned to win a Super Bowl while Kyler Murray is on his rookie deal. Well, They're getting closer to the end of that than not. Murray's future isn't guaranteed right now. Certainly not beyond a fifth-year option. And this is a team that has needs at multiple spots on defense. This is a team that's seen talent defect elsewhere. Chandler Jones among them. Hassan Reddick before that. I think they need help on the edge. I think they need help at D-tackle. And yes, They do need help at offensive line as well, but I'm not sure Zion Johnson is going to provide the kind of bang for the buck that this team might need to get over the top. Yep, and you know we have an expert on the Locked On Podcast Network for the Boston College Eagles, A.J. Black, on Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson, offensive lineman, Boston College. He will be a versatile, multi-year starter for any team that drafts him. Zion Johnson is going to be a steal as he has been a player who has seen his draft stock skyrocket since the Senior Bowl through the NFL Combine and his Pro Day workouts. He is a guy that can play all over the offensive line, playing both at guard and at tackle. He's an athletic freak. 
He's got good speed, good leverage, good power. He can do it all. And whatever team gets him, they can plug him in immediately and know we have drafted an offensive lineman that will be consistent, smart, and powerful for years to come. Don't be surprised if Zion Johnson is the first guard drafted in the 2022 NFL Draft. That brings us to the Dallas Cowboys, Matt, at pick 24. I feel like this could go so many different directions. In, yeah. And Dallas has been that team that's done really well, and I think it's because they go best player available more often than not. You know, C.D. Lamb falls to you. I don't care what the needs are. We're going to take this really, really good football player and worry about where to plug him in later. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily that best player available right now that is really obvious. This late in the first round, I would say maybe Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia, could potentially be one of those. They did send off one of their receivers. Did they start the clock over with another first-round receiver to keep their passing game dynamic? Uh, they do have needs on the offensive line. Uh, I could see any number of directions for the Cowboys to go here, even one of those dynamic safeties we talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I think they would have loved... Trayvon Burks, you know, there's a big Arkansas Jerry Jones connection. I think that's a very mm. real um, safeties are very appealing. Dax Hill to me would do a lot for them and maybe even play some corner, some slot. You would find a lot of usage for him. I mentioned Carl Loftus with Arizona, and I think he could also apply to Dallas. You know, you threw out uh, Devontae Wyatt. He would also fit the scheme upfield, aggressive type defensive lineman with some physicality to him. But kind of like we talked about Arizona, uh, I mean, the, the two guards, I think, go in this neighborhood, Zion and Kenyon Green. You know, he's at Texas A&M. They really prioritize their O-line. So I could see that, you know, being, um, you know, very much a play. Uh, so any of those directions, they're a tough team to predict. You know, Jerry Jones is a listener of John Neighbors and Locked On Razorback. So he was probably disappointed to see Traylon Burks off the board for them. Let's find out. Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys with the pick at 24 in the Ultimate Mock Draft. With the 24th pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Kenyon Green, offensive guard, Texas A&M. The Cowboys go into the first round of this year's draft hoping that one of these top wide receivers would have fallen to them, whether it be Olave, Williams, Burks. It did not pan out that way, and so the Cowboys had to go to their fallback plan, which was a nice landing spot at one of the two top offensive guards. Zion Johnson goes right before the Cowboys pick, and so the pick is very clearly and very obvious. Uh, Kenyon Green, an offensive tackle who played for Texas A&M, who will likely make the switch inside to guard, but may end up playing some tackle for them down the road in the future. Uh, it's a very clear spot, a stout, strong, body-driving offensive guard that's a little bit different than what you've had at the position at left guard for the last few years. So I think it's an upgrade for the Cowboys. And at, at this point now, they're they're going to be searching for wide receiver to see exactly what's going to be available to them at 56, or maybe with a slight trade-up to try to get someone who can make an impact for this team this year. Kenyon Green is sort of the bizarro... Zion Johnson in this draft class. Kenya Green was the guy originally thought of as, oh, this is probably a first-round guard. Didn't have great workouts at the Combine. Zion Johnson nailed the pre-draft process, and now I think it's pretty clear Johnson is probably the higher-rated prospect on most boards than Green, but if you go just off the tape, Kenyon Green is absolutely worthy of this pick and a need for the Cowboys at 24. Yeah, Zion's a little more athletic, a little more mobile, more of a, a Shanahan blocking scheme type guy where Green's an old school masher. But that's what Dallas likes. I mean, my whole life they've had big physical Emmett Smith offensive lines. You know, I mean, they want to impose their will. 
you put him and Zach Martin together, that's a pretty darn good pair of guards. And you would presume that Martin can, you know, hand the mantle over to, to Green before long as the, the successor, you know, I mean, as the top guy in that line. So they could use an influx of youth on that offensive line. Yeah, and I know that the league is going heavy passing, and mm-hmm. the the Cowboys have had all those dynamic receivers recently, but uh, you still got to move some people around up front. So oh, yeah. that's what Kenya Green is going to do there for the Dallas Cowboys. Brian Brodus, our Dallas Odyssey expert, Kenyon Green and the Cowboys. Kenyon Green, guard Texas A&M, 6'4", 323 pounds. This is a player you can watch play all along the offensive line while he was at Texas A&M. The games I studied, the Alabama game, he played left tackle, played left guard against LSU. He's kind of a strange built player. He's really thick in the lower body without much definition up top, but those long arms will help him keep defenders off his body. He does a really good job of playing on his feet. You don't see him on the ground at all. He's got a nasty side to him the way he finishes his block. He's not afraid to climb his man. And when I mean that, get up on him tight and really get some push. He does get that movement you like in the running game. He's going to come off the ball, keep his feet moving. He's always playing to the echo of the whistle. So you can see him really try to finish his guy off. He'll surprise you with how well he's able to redirect or adjust in space for a man that size. Again, I mentioned 323 pounds. There were several snaps where he was able to get multiple blocks along the way because of the way he's playing with that athletic ability. He showed really good awareness the way he was able to sort out rushers as a tackle against Alabama. Again, make sure he handled those twist stunts. There were a couple of snaps where he was just left blocking some air but where he should have been on a man, but you know those things tend to happen every once in a while to offensive linemen. You know, he doesn't give you much as a pass blocker as far as, like I say, I mean, when he's not going to let that rusher get on top of him, he's got good knee bend balance. He has the strength to hold his man in place. I thought he was a better tackle than guard when it came to his pass protection, but I think he'll be able to do both fine in the NFL. He's not going to get knocked back at all. There's some stoutness to his game. I really respect his ability to finish his block. He's a tough guy. Kenyon Green, guard, Texas A&M. Chris Gordy with more on Kenyon Green. Who is he in college and who will he be in the pros? Kenyon Green, offensive guard from Texas A&M. Yet another stud offensive lineman who played against some really good competition in the SEC. Now, Green was a first-team All-SEC selection this past season, a two-time consensus All-American. And by the end of this year, his junior season, and he was on just about every publication's All-American list. He also finished as a finalist for the Lombardi Award. He did play a little tackle at times at Texas A&M due to some injuries to other guys, but it sounds like all the NFL scouts, they see him primarily as a starting guard at the next level, most likely as a right guard. I do know this. If you're looking for a dominant run blocker, then Kenyon Green, he is that guy. Coming up next, we have a trade, Matt, and uh, there is a new team on the clock at pick 25. It will not be the Buffalo Bills. They have moved back to pick 33 overall because that means the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming back up into the first round to make another selection. We'll find out who that is now with Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked on Jaguars, on the clock, followed by the Tennessee Titans at pick 26 next. Okay, it is not the Buffalo Bills at 25. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars being proactive, moving back into the first round. I don't have details yet on that trade, but clearly Joe Marino, the host of Locked On Bills, looked at the board and thought, you know what? 
I don't see a ton of difference in value between 25 and 33. So if I'm going to get a little bit of extra and be picking from the same tier of players, nobody knocked my socks off here falling to late round one, then let's move on back. And I wonder who on the flip side of that, Tony Wiggins saw as, look, I cannot get this player at 33. Let's go up to 25 and select them. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the rush is. You have to get in front of Tennessee for somebody, which to me would imply an offensive lineman. You know, I mean, maybe Linderbaum's the one that really comes to mind, to be honest with you, to move up to. But maybe Tyler Smith from Tulsa and other offensive linemen. So I think that's where Tennessee could go. Mm. Bernard Raymond still on the board. Yeah, and, that's not know, a bad high call upside either. Player. Um, it shocks me a little that Buffalo would trade out of there. I thought Elam would make a lot of sense for them, but maybe they think they can get him a little later or settle for a guy like Gordon at the top of the second round. And I'm not quite sure what Jacksonville's after. Dax Hill would be a nice addition to that, that secondary Ooh. too. I didn't I think about Dax safety, Hill. but that could work. Yeah. It's still a lot to work to do uh, on this roster for Trent Balky and for Tony Wiggins, the host of Locked On Jaguars. Let's find out who... Did Wig not want to wait for at pick 33? Now on the clock at 25 in the Ultimate Mock Draft. With the 25th pick of the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who traded with Buffalo to get back into the first round, take Devontae Wyatt, a defensive tackle from the University of Georgia. The Jaguars double dip with the Bulldogs after taking Trayvon Walker with the very first pick, have now taken his running mate, Devontae Wyatt, who will play a little three technique for Jacksonville. I have just taken the position that the Jaguars need to be great at one unit instead of spreading it all the way around. And you can't ever go wrong in the trenches. I'm just of the utmost belief that the Jaguars need to just improve their talent level across the team, regardless, even if it's unit by unit. So Trevon Walker first and now Devontae Wyatt, a three technique for the Jaguars with the 25th pick. And what this means is this, the Jaguars have now, built their defensive line in a very, very positive way moving forward by taking the best player available. Okay, you know, now that I hear the name, Devontae Wyatt is the number one player left on the board, I think. And if you have a need on the defensive line, you need that interior rusher. Devontae Wyatt is plug and play for the Jaguars defense. It wasn't long ago you kind of mentioned that he stood out as probably the best guy on the board, you know, maybe not including a guy like Pickett, you know, I mean, um, so I guess that makes sense. You know, I mean, he's a little bit of an older prospect, but so what? I mean, that's that small potatoes here. Um, they already added you know, a defensive end. I mean, their pass rush could take a big boost forward here with, with these two. And we knew it wasn't going to be a quarterback that the Jacksonville Jaguars were moving up for. But I wonder if there might be a quarterback in play coming up sometime soon here. Uh, I want to hear more about Devontae Wyatt, though, and his fit with Jacksonville Jaguars from our Odyssey insider, Mark Herslick. Jacksonville Jaguars get Devontae Wyatt at the 25th pick. You know, it, it's solidifying a really good lateral step uh, and good hand punch defensive lineman. So, you know, he would probably play that three technique. He's got good get-off, elite get-off. He's got good pass rush moves off the ball. Uh, he really impressed at the combine. Um, and, you know, the, the, he's a guy who has been played at elite level football. You know, that that Georgia defense, when you look at how they played the past few years, and including Devontae Wyatt's play, it was elite level. So, you know, they, they know what it's like to play there. He, he does, and I think that he would be a really good addition uh, for the Jaguars, and they're just going to need to 
fill in a lot of gaps around him, obviously, um, because he can't do everything. You know, he's not an Aaron Donald, but he is uh, very good at what he does, and I think he should be a good pick. Trying to think, is this the last time we're going to hear from Daniel Moore, the host of Locked On Bulldogs, our <laughs> yeah. Georgia Bulldogs expert? What This is the, what, the fifth time we've heard from him in the first round. Uh, there's got to be more, Twice though, for right? the Jags. Those two can room together. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, they can work out of the same studio over there, uh, either in Jacksonville or Georgia, not too far apart either. Daniel Moore, host of Locked On Bulldogs. Devontae Wyatt often overshadowed literally and figuratively by Jordan Davis on the defensive line, but former three-star prospect Kirby Smart and Trey Scott and the Georgia coaching staff have turned into an absolute monster on the defensive line. This guy is athletic and he is strong and he can play inside or outside. He can get after the quarterback. He can stop the up the middle run, but most importantly, He can chase down plays across the line of scrimmage. He can move in space. Uh, He is is everything that you would want in the modern NFL from a defensive tackle position. Devontae Wyatt is one of our favorite Georgia Bulldogs from this national championship team, and he is going to be an elite NFL player. Okay, pick 26, the Tennessee Titans here. A couple of tackles potentially on the board. We mentioned them with the last selection with Jacksonville. Bernard Raymond and probably Smith from Tulsa, right? I would think that those are the top two offensive linemen left unless you want to go center. I don't know if Tyler Linderbaum is the uh, exact fit for this team. I think they'd want to be a little more rugged. Right. Yeah, so that doesn't feel feel like the right fit either. Kenny Pickett, could this be the heir apparent at quarterback? for the Tennessee Titans here. A number of ways the Titans could go. I'm interested to see the direction Tyler Rowland of Locked on Titans takes this one. I thought I was thinking outside the box with my final mock draft because I took Pickett there. And the logic is very economical. It's just Tannehill would play this year, hand it over to Pickett, and you'd save like 30-plus million on the cap and get, I think, 11 years younger at quarterback. To me, that's worth a late first-round pick in itself because it allows you to do so many other things going forward. I think Tyler Smith is a fit, though. I mean, just a massive guard that it could eventually go to tackle, masher, fits the persona pretty well. Um, I, I think somebody like Trayvon Burks would have been in, in play, too, but he's gone. I don't see the big physical receiver that would be their style. Let's find out, did they go to the air, did they go to the ground, did they go to the defensive side of the ball? Tyler Rowland, the host of Locked on Titans, ready with the pick at 26. With the 26th pick of the 2022 Ultimate Mock Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Matt Corral, quarterback, Ole Miss. The board fell in a tough way for the Titans. The top five wide receivers, the top two interior offensive linemen, the top four offensive tackles were all off the board. So the Titans were faced with a choice here. Do you go for a defensive player at a position that you don't have a need? Do you reach for one of the offensive needs that you have? Or do you go with the future face of the franchise at quarterback? And that's exactly what I did with Matt Corral. It's a perfect fit for the player and a perfect fit for the team. Corral came from an RPO-heavy, zone-read-heavy college offense at Old Miss. So now he can sit behind Ryan Tannehill for a year, learn more about the NFL game, and get comfortable with the offense that he's going to lead. Ryan Tannehill is still the best option and a solid starter for the Titans in 2022. And it makes it easy to part ways with Tannehill. 
Tannehill and his contract in 2023 when you slide Matt Corral in. And this is where his impact is felt. When Corral does get on the field, he has an incredibly strong arm all places on the field are available to him. He's got good accuracy and knows how to lead his wide receivers so that they can maximize yards after catchability. He also has great mobility, incredible pocket movement, does a really good job navigating the pressure as well. He needs to tone down his aggressiveness, but once he does, the Titans could have an electric playmaker in Matt Corral. I love it. The fall continues. It is not Kenny Pickett, but it is a quarterback. Matt Corral is the guy that Tyler Holland tabbed as the QB of the future post Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Did not see that one coming. Well, it's exactly like I said, economically. I mean, you get younger, you get massively cheaper, and would Corral or Pickett be that much worse in their second season than Tannehill next year, who would be 35 at that point. I prefer Pickett to Corral, though. I mean, it's it's that simple for that one. You know, I do, too, and I understand why some teams would like Corral. I just don't see a first-round... I don't don't see a first-round tool chest, really. Right. Uh, His size worries me. The extreme number of RPOs they ran there, and even little things like... I mean, Coach Kiffin there is... NFL, you know, has great NFL bloodlines and it spent a lot of time there. Third and six, I mean, they would call draws and RPOs and they rarely ask Corral to drop back, drive the ball down the field in crucial situations. That's scary. We're getting to the point where Kenny Pickett might fall all the way out of the first round, too. And I know there's some more trade conversations Maybe. happening. Could we see four quarterbacks go in round one? And do you think it's hand size? Do you think it's. Maybe I don't know. I think it's just the presence? low ceiling. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, and this is probably unfair to pick it. I mean, he's the next Kirk Cousins, high floor, low ceiling. And if you're only making one pick and you're a pod- podcast host, maybe that's just not sexy enough for you. <laughs> that's true. Uh, maybe yeah. not sexy enough. And, and who knows if any of these quarterbacks will be sexy enough for NFL GMs when there's these body beautiful defensive linemen and offensive linemen and wide receivers one, run four threes available in round one. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, our Odyssey expert in Tennessee, standing by to break down Matt Corral to the Titans. Matt Corral is one of the top quarterback prospects in this year's draft class. The second-team All-SEC quarterback led Ole Miss to their first-ever 10-win regular season in school history, while ranking third in the conference for total offense per game. Corral entered the season as one of the top quarterback prospects in this class, showcasing a quick release, strong deep ball, and good athleticism. However, as the draft nears, he has fallen a little bit on draft boards. Vegas odds now project Corral to be the fourth quarterback taken in the draft, although it should be noted the Corral is invited to Las Vegas to attend the NFL draft in person so he could still hear his name called in the first round. Let's take a look at the positives and the questions surrounding the California native. On the positive side, Corral has a quick compact delivery that doesn't have a lot of wasted motion. He has shown a very live arm with the ability to really push the ball down the field. Since 2020, Corral has the fourth most completions of throws that traveled at least 20 yards in the air on just the 18th most attempts. Also, Corral's 76 completions of 25 yards or more and 17 completions of 50 yards or more led FBS over the last two seasons. Corral has also shown solid athleticism with the ability to be a solid ball carrier with good patience and an ability to set up and follow blocking. He has also shown a good burst with 47 rushes of 10 yards or more during the past two seasons. While Corral possesses a lot of traits that make him an intriguing prospect, he also has question marks. Some teams have questions about his maturity. 
They changed high schools following an altercation with Wayne Gretzky's son at Oaks Christian in Thousand Oaks, California. The altercation also cost him a scholarship at USC, his dream school. While many believe that he has answered many of the maturity questions about his past, he still has football questions. First, Corral's size and height are on the smaller side at the NFL level. Further, Corral's release point tends to be a little lower, so scouts have concerns about a high rate of batted passes. Another question facing Corral may not be the fault of his own. When scouts watched Ole Miss's offense, many wondered how much of Corral's brilliance should be attributed to Corral himself or to Lane Kiffin. Another issue concerning Corral is that he found success under Kiffin and Jeff Levy's offense. It's a derivative of the Art Bryles Baylor offense. The offense does not produce many NFL reps, and so far no quarterback from the offense has found success in the NFL. While some of those issues may not be fair to Corral, he does have other question marks in his game. Corral has shown a tendency to stare down receivers without moving the defense with his eyes. Also, while Corral has been an exceptional passer with a clean pocket, completing over 73% of his passes with a 9.4 yards per attempt average, his numbers fell drastically when pressured to a 42% clip and an average of just over four yards per attempt. Overall, Matt Corral might be the most intriguing quarterback prospect in this class to me. Kenny Pickett feels like the safe option. Malik Willis is the high ceiling prospect, while Desmond Ritter is a proven winner. However, given the right set of circumstances, I can see a world in which Corral is the best of the bunch. However, time will tell. Well, if there's one person, Matt, on the network that will have a, an extremely high opinion on Matt Corral, uh, besides Tyler Rowland, who made this pick for Locked On Titans, that is Stephen Willis. Tell us more about Matt Corral, quarterback from Mississippi. Matt Corral, the quarterback at Ole Miss, is a tremendous leader. He's fantastic at it, and that is the strength that is going to make him an in-demand player for NFL teams moving forward. Now, everybody can see the plays that Matt Corral made in this offense over deep deep shots, plenty of arm strengths. Um, he might be 6'1", he might be a 200 pounds, he might be a little bit on the small size, but he's absolutely an exceptional leader, and he made his bones being an exceptional leader. And I think that will help NFL teams moving forward because you need somebody that is completely committed, and he absolutely committed to football after the 2019 season at Ole Miss. He had some bumps in 2020 and 2021. He fought through injury in the Tennessee game. He hurt his ankle at the end of the game and played with it essentially the rest of the year. But I think uh, Matt Corral has a chance to be a special player in the NFL. Next, we'll finish up day five of the Ultimate Mock Draft with picks 27 and 28, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. All right, what do you get a team that has a Hall of Fame quarterback that is ready to compete, that still has a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, Matt? Because I would think they lost some offensive linemen. You don't want pressure up the middle on Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know if the perfect player is there for him. Ty, you know, Tyler Smith would seem to be the fit, uh, but maybe if he's not a first-round caliber guy for you, where do you go if you're the Bucks? Yeah, I thought about Smith. I mean, I think he probably starts his career at guard and then maybe he'd end up as your left tackle, you know, I mean, but we'll see. He has some technique issues and I don't want to be teaching him on the fly with Tom Brady and at stake behind him. Um, I thought Wyatt would be a good fit here, but I don't see another D tackle that makes a lot of sense. Um, they went the end last year in the first round, but maybe a Karloftis. How about Pickett as Brady's replacement? Although I think they're much more of a win-now team. You know, I don't think you piss off Tom by doing that and said you better get him something. So, Brees Hall? Uh, I'm having a hard time with this one. 
Oh, do you go running back? Maybe get a little bit more dynamism on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive line, a uh, number of ways that David Harrison could go, and he's ready with the pick at 27. So let's find out. Locked on Bucks, who you got? 27 overall in the Ultimate Mock Draft. With the 27th pick of the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State University. Yeah, with Chris Godwin's ACL recovery going well, but without a hard timeline as to when he is going to be ready for full football activity, it's imperative that the Buccaneers field an offensive unit capable of giving Tom Brady as many weapons as possible to put together wins while they await his return. The team realized last season that they had a glaring deficiency in wide receiver depth once Godwin went out and Antonio Brown unceremoniously left the team. So adding Dotson here affords Tampa Bay the opportunity to prepare a fully stocked group for the early part of the 2022 regular season if Godwin isn't yet back to 100% and sets the offense up to become even more dangerous when he returns. Okay, it was dynamism on offense, but we missed it. It wasn't running back. It was another wide receiver. For Tom Brady. And you know he's going to be happy with this one. Jahan Dotson doesn't have a ton of size, but you know he has the speed and he has ball skills, Matt. He's tough, too. And he's got huge catching radius. He catches everything. Really a Tom Brady-friendly player out of the slot or out wide. I mean, Mike Evans isn't going to play forever. Not that Dotson's a similar player. Um, They did resign Godwin. But, I mean, I guess... I'm not comparing him to Antonio Brown, but I guess Dotson would immediately fill that A-B role. They have Russell Gage, though, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, just, just give them weapons, I guess. <laughs> outscore people. Yeah, go, yeah right, they've right. got some players on the defensive side of the ball as well. Michael Irvin, what are your thoughts on Jahan Dotson from the Odyssey Studios? Why do I like this pick? Jahan Dotson will be the perfect, perfect, Perfect replacement for jumping jack man. Antonio Brown that jumped and jump jump jack jumping jacks all the way off the football field. This is the perfect replacement. No, he's not as good as Antonio Brown in the intermediate areas of a football field, but he can get deep just like Antonio Brown. Now you get Johan Dodson, Tom Brady can probably end up eating pretty good about his receivers again and maybe even getting back and winning his eighth Super Bowl. Jahan Dotson made a ton of plays in the Big Ten. Nate Dickinson with more, the host of Locked On Big Ten on Jahan Dotson. Not the first wide receiver we'll hear from the Big Ten on draft day, but someone who's going to be getting a steal if you ask me, whoever is who takes this guy. Dotson, a speed guy, 5'11", but a 4.4340 gives him that dash to be able to get by defenders at the NFL level too. And the guy's just a really, really smart football player too. The big advantage for him on draft day will be his ability to play pretty much anywhere. Inside, line up outside, obviously with the speed. Catch it all three levels. He has really good hand skills, really good reading of the ball through the air, too. The only question that I've seen come up about him is kind of about his physicality that will need to translate to the NFL level because those defensive backs at that NFL level are faster, are going to be hitting him more, bumping him on routes and things, and obviously physical at the catch, too. Can he get up to that level? 
it's not something I'm worried about. And if you ask me, whenever it is Jahan Dotson goes, whoever takes him is going to be impressed and very happy with the pick right away. Okay, let's finish up today's episode with pick 28, and it is the Green Bay Packers, and it's looking like they are going to stick and make their pick after trading back from number 22, and wide receiver, still that glaring need for the Green Bay Packers. Question is, with Jahan Dotson just going off the board, who is wide receiver one left on the board for you, Matt? Yeah, they could not have been happy about that, because I thought clearly Dotson was the best remaining receiver. So... Christian Watson comes to mind as the, not an Adams replacement. You're not going to get an Adams replacement at this point, but maybe he's the the downfield Valdez Scantling size speed type of guy. Take the top off dude until he learns the finer points. Um, I guess he would be my favorite at this point. I'm a big Sky Moore believer mm -hmm. as well. I think George Pickens is interesting, but... All those seem a little early, but uh, I can't even consider other positions at this point. When you trade it out of the first round, I think this has to be a wide receiver. I mean, you're trying to compete and uh, you know, trying to win this thing. Uh, a guy like Bernard Raymond was interesting, but I think it has to be a wide receiver. I think you nailed it with those names. I'm looking at Bernard Raymond here, an offensive tackle that would fit in the system like and, a glove perfect yeah, and and yeah. would help protect and look you've still got second round picks to draft those wide receivers if you like pickens watson sky Moore in round two but i don't know if it'd be worth the gamble that those guys could be off the board and i think they're worth late first round picks early second round picks and they're in that tier so gotta be pickens watson or sky Moore. let's find out if peter bukowski goes wide receiver and actually gets aaron Rodgers a first round receiver which has never happened in his career if i'm not mistaken yeah, right right with the 28th pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Green Bay Packers select George Pickens. And Pickens is the reason I felt comfortable trading out of 22 with the top five guys, the big five receivers off the board. I felt like Pickens would be there at 28 and then I can pick up value at the top of the second round where I can address some other needs. I was happy to take George Pickens at this Spot, one of the few players in this draft, despite not being in the quote unquote big five, he is one of the few guys who can be a true X receiver in the NFL at 6'3, 195 with 4'4 speed. He can make plays down the field and he can make plays underneath with his size, his reliability, his body control, and his ability to make adversity plays. He could get better as a route runner, particularly at the top of his drop and getting off press, but he has the most upside, I think, in this class because right now where he is is already so good. He had the best drop rate of the top receivers in this draft. He's reliable. He could come in right away and play a role as a downfield receiver while he figures out the nuances of the game. I think this is a no-brainer selection for a guy who, by the way, is still a young player who came into the SEC at 18 years old and dominated guys who has so much more potential to give. Okay, it is a done deal, and it is George Pickens out of okay. Georgia. I think he is a player that's gotten a little bit forgotten in this class because of he's he's you know because of the injury he didn't he played what four games last year 
for Georgia, but I mean, he showed up as oh. a true freshman. He was like, I'm a dude and I'm going to be a future first round pick. And it turns out in this mock draft, he was a future first round pick. And I think there might be more because of that injury, because, you know, similar, like getting kind of similar treatment that Derek Stingley Jr. is getting in this class where they were so good so early that right. the fact that they didn't go beyond what they did as freshmen hurt their stock ultimately. And I think there might be a lot more in the pros there for George Pickens, who can go get the ball when it's in the air and can be that alpha receiver that they lost. And you mentioned his early tape at Georgia. Not only did it was hit that screaming to be a, a first round pick, but like a top 10 pick. I mean, like a, an, an AJ green, like prospect or a Julio. I mean, like a stud stud, easy top 10 type pick. And, you know, injuries derailed that, as you mentioned, but still, he has more prototypical X traits, you know, I mean, as a number one receiver, then Sky Moore, then Watson. I mean, if it all comes together and your doctors give him the stamp of approval, which it doesn't sound like there's red flags anymore, he could turn into the one there in, in, in sooner than later. Two Green Bay, our Odyssey experts, Gary Ellerson and Steve Pfeiffer. George Pickens to the Packers at 28. Well, would love to have him. Uh, runs a four-four, uh, more more of a outside receiver than he is a slot receiver. Has really, really strong hands. So catches the ball in his hands very well. High points the ball very well. A willing blocker uh, on the outside because the Packers, you know, they really run the football a lot. So he's going to have to block. But I think he has great body control once he's in the air. Uh, and Steve, you know, he needs to work on the route tree. I, I think when you look at him, he's more of a straight line guy on the outside. If he's going to be in this offense, he's got to be able to run that route tree very well with Aaron Rodgers. When we talk about George Pickens and this pick at 28, obviously Packer Nation wants wide receivers in this draft, and they're all trying to replace Devontae Adams. Is he that one guy that can replace Devontae Adams, or are we still talking about a group effort here? Yeah, I think it's still going to be a group effort here because this guy, I don't know if he's a slot receiver. You know, you look at Devontae Adams, he can play in the slot, he can play on the outside. Uh, George Piggins is mostly a, a outside receiver. And I think really the only drawback with him is that ACL that he had in 2021. Hopefully he comes back from that. But he did come on to play the last four games uh, in Georgia National Championship season. So he looked pretty good. But, but coming back from that with the Packers, how is he going to help the Packers? Well, he'll be a guy that can catch all the 50-50 balls and go up and get them. And Rodgers don't have to worry about trying to thread the needle with this guy. We get back on the clock with the next set of selections. The Cardinals at 23 get Zion Johnson, the interior offensive lineman from Boston College. The Cowboys come back with another IOL with Kenny Green from Texas A&M. The Jaguars end up with Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman from Georgia. The Titans jump up there, make their selection. I think they'll be pretty happy with Matt Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss. Buccaneers, Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver from Men's State. And Packers take the second back-to-back -back wide receiver there. At 28, George Pickens from Georgia. Brock, what, what's the jumper to you? I mean, there are a few here that I wasn't expecting to see, but Kenyon Green going to the Dallas Cowboys, that was one we could potentially anticipate either guard or uh, safety going there to Dallas. But Kenyon Green, I love him. I mean, we're talking about someone with positional versatility, being able to line up inside. Again, I, I watched some film, and there were three games in a row that I clicked on, and he was playing in three different positions. Matter of fact, one of them, I was assuming that he just wasn't playing in the game because I didn't see him at the tackle spot. Oh, no, he's in there at guard. The next 
uh, field my click on, he's playing right tackle. So he can play all over the offensive line. I think that gives him even more, you know, just versatility going to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who they've had a lot of injuries to that offensive line. Never know where a guy might need to fill in. Tennessee Titans taking Matt Corral. Obviously, they, you know, they have Ryan Tannehill, and he's he's been solid, but they would like to have someone that kind of takes this offense to the next level. It's very dependent on the big running back they got there in the backfield, Derrick Henry. Can they add someone that can maybe be a little bit more of a dynamic passer? And perfect scenario, a guy who does not have to play right now, kind of sit this year, learn, and then next thing you know, okay, he starts to work his way into that offensive line. I mean, that offense, I like that. And then a couple of receivers here going off the board, John Dotson and, and George Pickens. But obviously, the Pickens one is the one that's really polarizing because, one, he's a guy who missed most of this year, came back late, didn't really have an impact, wasn't targeted, dealt with the injuries and everything. But you saw him as a freshman. You know the big time, the potential that he has. You know he has some nice ability to stretch the field vertically. When you look at Devontae Adams and his skill set, I think guy like George Pickens, that alpha receiver, he's a guy that can really help maybe solidify that position. The big shoes to fill coming in following what Devontae Adams did over the last few years. But George Pickens makes his way into the first round. I like it. George has some shoes to fill. I wouldn't want to be in that position myself, but good for him. I think he's got the armor. I, I like the body type fit as well. you got to be able to survive up there in the cold. It is going to snow on you. It's going to happen. I, I definitely like the the pick from the Titans. Corral, I, you can see day one, there's an RPO package. This allows them, I think, to get more dynamic overall, but stay on the ground, which I think Vrabel likes. I think that allows it to supplement what you have from Tannehill. Let Corral come in the league, grow a little bit, and I think that he will get there. I look forward to seeing just how that works out. I do think somebody might come up and grab him. It might be not here at 26, it might be at 32, but this mock draft is certainly shaping up to be something that throws a couple of twists at you. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I like this George Pickens selection to the Green Bay Packers at 28, and you pair him with Aaron Rodgers, might have a little something with the way Rodgers can throw the deep ball and the way George Pickens can go up and get those deep balls, and he's not afraid to block people either is there a favorite pick from you here on day five of the ultimate mock draft Matt I'm gonna be real boring about it and just say back to back guards you know I mean guard picks are not the most flashy not the don't don't move the needle but Zion and Kenyon Green going back to back to playoff teams need fits value plug and play all those cliches they absolutely apply to the Cardinals and Cowboys here Look, and I have no doubt there were maybe some GMs at pick 26, 27 that shook their fist when those guards went back-to-back either. So Probably, I, I kind of yeah. like that. The the big men need some love, too. I don't know if there's any losers. I would worry about Matt Corral as quarterback of the future and not really needing to press that pick, not really needing to make that selection all the way at 26, even though I like that it uh, raised some eyebrows and, and makes for you know fun radio to have a selection like that. I just I can't buy Matt Corral being the heir apparent to anybody. He would have to fall quite a bit for me to say, I've already got a quarterback. I'm going to go get Matt Corral now and not utilize this first round pick to help the rest of my team. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being critical of the picks, but is why it really dynamic enough to trade up for mm. is I'm not the biggest corral fan in general is is Dotson who's going to be your fourth receiver this year worth a first round pick you know and Pickens you're really drafting flat out for need so I don't love any of those but I understand them all 
I will say with the Pickens selection, if George Pickens is a Pro Bowl wide receiver within two years, that won't shock me either. That would not shock me at all. He might be the best receiver in this class in two years. Yeah, he might. And he might be might. the Green Bay yeah. Packers' best receiver by week two. Exactly. No, he has a chance to really hit. I mean, there's no question about that. Okay, we'll finish this thing up day six, the final day of first rounders and second rounders and third rounders. Every team will be represented here in the ultimate mock draft starting with 29 and the first of two selections for the Kansas City Chiefs. There are some trade activities happening at the end of round one as well so we can see some more fireworks tomorrow and we've got the Cincinnati Bengals and Detroit Lions finishing up round one and then we've got the Buffalo Bills who traded out of round one still haven't picked at 33. The Bears, we haven't heard from Lauren Cox, the host of Locked On Bears yet. They're picking at 39. The Colts at 42. Cleveland Browns' first pick doesn't come up until 44. The San Francisco 49ers at 61 overall. It's a long wait for a lot of these teams, Matt. So many teams having multiple picks in the first round means there's a ton of teams that didn't have any first-round picks, which is a record year for that, if I'm not mistaken. Cody Rourke will be selecting for the Broncos at 64. Uh, Your boy Q is not even on the clock until the third round, 86 overall for Las Vegas. It's 102 for the Miami Dolphins and Kyle Krabs. And then to finish this thing up at 104, Travis Rogers, the host of Locked on Rams right here on the Ultimate Mock Draft.